0: Your Preparation Station with Donna Miller is on the air. Tune in for insight and encouragement for living a more sustainable, back-to-basics lifestyle. No matter where you've come from or what the future may hold, we hope each episode will encourage you with topics, guests, and stories that inspire your journey towards self-sufficiency. And now, the hostess of your Preparation Station, Donna Miller.
1: Welcome. To another episode of Your Preparation Station. I'm Donna Miller and I'm really glad to have you with us today. I'm really excited to have my guest with me. Um, we've actually known each other for quite some time. We've communicated for years back and forth. Um, I think that he, my husband, and I are kind of on a similar journey to uh, empower people to feel prepared with a mission. And um, I- I'm delighted to have... Uh, Jason Hunt with me again today. I think Jason's been on the show two or three times. And I know I took like all summer off completely. And um, so we're catching back up. And if you're listening for the very first time, we're trying desperately to get all our archives on Blog Talk Radio again. And I wanted to give you some updates. There will be new shows showing up on the station, which is kind of cool. This one will stay. We will have, um, it's going to be called still Your Preparation Station, but on Your Preparation Station we'll have some other um, shows in reference to preparedness. And I will be doing um, a, my Surviving on shoestring show there. I'll also be rebranding my old, like we're talking 2007 when it started show, um, doing uh, now called the Back to Basics Kitchen. And hopefully we'll have some some other great uh, guests and speakers and hosts on the network there at your preparation station on blog talk radio you can just type it in and then as soon as shows start rolling out this next week you can pull up all kinds of different ones just from our station so that'll be fun um i do want to to give you a brief introduction about jason because you may have never listened to our conversations before see you're just going to listen in we're going to really just visit because we haven't had the chance to sit down and talk for a while so really you guys are just kind of you know hanging out with us as we're talking um he grew up in the outdoors of southern indiana and engaging almost daily in what nature provided as the playground of creation but it wasn't until after a 10-year stint as a pastor that he felt that god called him into the woods for what would be perhaps the greatest adventure of his life Jason first received his training in survival from civilian and military experts by the way of his martial arts experience, which spans over 30 years. Jason is the author of some very good books that if if you get the chance to pick them up, we'll probably link through here on the show page so that you don't have to go hunting. Um, And he's the author of The End Times Christian, and he hosts a weekly television series, um, Camp Craft, airing in Louisville, Kentucky. So he's been really busy, and I know he had about a a blip of a break here this week, and we uh, got this scheduled, so I was thrilled to have Jason come on so that we can introduce you to him. Uh, Of course, he is one of the distinguished contributors for Prepare Magazine. I think, Jason, you have been with us since maybe the very second digital release in 2012, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I think you've been in almost every single issue, both print and, um, digital. I mean, maybe over almost four years now, three, well, three and a half years, you might have missed one, maybe, and that's just timing. Um, right. so, yeah, you've, you've contributed some great stuff, some very encouraging things, some wonderful devotions, some great how-tos, and I hope everybody listening will come connect through the websites that are down below, um, and get to know Jason a little bit better by, by you know, not just hearing what we talk about, but kind of picking his brain a little bit, maybe going to some of the things that he hosts and watching his show. Um, he's a great guy, and I'm I'm just honored to have you here with me again. And, you know, it's a bonus. We get to catch up and make a show at the same time. <laughs> um, you've been super busy. I mean, I I see all the stuff you're up to, so anybody that's not familiar, can you, can you bring them up to speed what's been going on with you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, this year has been a really good year for us as far as our on-site classes out here at our school. We call it Camp Craft Adventure School. And we're averaging, honestly, we've had a class nearly every week out of every month this year. Um, So that's that's been crazy, (laughs) scheduling that as it is. But I'm also an instructor at the Pathfinder School in Jackson, Ohio, which is Dave Canterbury's group. And so between his school and my school, you know, I've been really busy with classes. And on top of all that, I've been filming the television show Camp Craft, which airs locally. And basically what that is, is we kind of, it's a ministry-based outdoor program. And the network's giving me a really good feedback on it. Uh, because they said they've never seen anything like it. And basically what I've been doing is presenting a Bible lesson uh, in the context of survival preparedness concepts, and then we teach a survival skill in roughly the middle of each program. And it's a 30-minute program, and that's a weekly episode that airs in Louisville, Kentucky. And we're also starting a new guide school program out here. So getting all the red tape you know, over with that it takes to put something like that together. That's We started that, honestly, last year, and they're just now coming for the on-site visit at the end of this month. Oh, so cool. Yeah, an ongoing thing. And that was, of course, building repairs here at the campus and getting everything put together. It's just been really hectic, but awesome to see how God's kind of brought it all together for us. So it's really oh, yeah. exciting
1: that's great now you have um i, I want to do a verbal in case people are listening like on their their are downloaded the iTunes or something or they're driving so i'm gonna give a verbal out so if anybody wants to connect and, and kind of put a schedule and you know a, a time span on what all's going on with jason um you can go to his website at www campcraft c a m p c r a f t dot u s and then I want to talk about this too is your YouTube channel, which is Campcraft TV. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. That's a new, well, new to a lot of people. I I knew this was coming, but
2: <laughs> right. what's going on with that? Well, with the Campcraft TV, we're again doing something quite a bit different from your standard YouTube channel. Um, I did the free YouTube channel for years, and you know you get all your subscribers and all that. But the thing that was really missing was for them to have a system of progression in their training. And so Mm -hmm. that's what we've done. So we have basically filmed each of our classes, or we're in the process of doing it. We have two classes that are completely filmed, and we put that on the YouTube channel. So they can see a class in real time as it's happened. That way they get an idea of the pace of the class and what we're teaching. And then we follow that up with a step-by-step skills demonstration so that they know every single lecture, every single skill that's being taught in that class and that's done in a personal format, uh, one-on-one with the camera at that point. All that will be covering every class that we offer. So it's going to be, that's a mountain of material. <laughs> but, they're going to be able to progress their way through just by watching the YouTube videos and get the same type of training that we would provide. Uh just minus the hands on instruction. But we've also thrown in the opportunity for them to come if they subscribe. It's only a dollar fifty a month is what we charge for the YouTube channel. I mm-hmm. mean um, for a dollar fifty a month you're getting great material and you'll yeah. get an invitation to come out here and train for free once a year. Uh, for subscribers only. So oh, that's awesome. So that way, yeah, if they've completed the class material, they've been training on their own for the past year, and they feel they're ready to get that patch, uh, we're going to give it to them for free if they're willing to come and take part in the event, demonstrate and basically prove that they have the skills that we've taught them. If they do, we'll give them their patch. And cool. so, yeah, for roughly 6 bucks a month or a year, you know, you're saying me. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: like the cheapest class known to man. I mean, generally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and they and they've they well, had the kids well, to already go through it at their pace,
2: right? Yeah, absolutely. It's all at their own pace. They can go back and watch it and re watch as many times as they want. And it's really all about getting the skills into people's hands and hearts because that's really what God's called me to do is just impart these skills because, you know, I know we're both on the same page with this. We know stuff's getting ready to go down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's all part of the Bible. You know, preparedness is not just a neat idea. It's a biblical mandate that and God expects and actually demands in certain cases that His people have these types of skills. Uh, it's been that way since day one. First thing God did before he kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden was teach them how to make clothing from animal skin. So can you imagine, you know, God brain and hides or something like that uh, before yeah. he sent them out? So, I mean, those skills were, you know, from the beginning, and they just carried mm-hmm. on throughout the whole Scripture, and it's just vitally important. So I can't think of a better way because I know that there are people that, uh, that can't afford to come to a class or they're too far away, and some people, honestly, are just too lazy, not to put too fine a point on it, but they, <laughs> just, they just get scared or, or they're lazy and they don't think they need it. So anything I can do to really get the skills in their hands and in their minds and their hearts and in front of them, I think I'm yeah. doing a better service. Uh, for the Lord. Oh,
1: so that's yeah. really where it all comes from. That is so cool. So you're basically going through the step-by-steps of the Camp Craft Guide School,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: then they can come out and hands-on prove they've done the whole deal.
3: Absolutely.
1: That is awesome. I love that. I love the concept. I love the fact that it is far-reaching and using a, a venue that um usually is not always used for the most productive thing like watching videos <laughs> you know most people can waste their time watching videos, and you can put some, people can put some stuff out that really is not encouraging or empowering other people to be prepared it's more fear monitoring and i know you so i know yours is people can watch these and walk away feeling well equipped and that's that's a wonderful value that is awesome well, we're going to talk um, a little bit about the, the guide school and kind of the programs and different things that you've got set up and then will ultimately become, you know, YouTube TV, you know, classes that people can take um, when we come back from this break. So if you will, let me take a little break and we'll come right back and talk some more. Are you looking to have ducks, geese, chickens? Boy, do we have something to share with you. Stop by ranch-coop.com. These folks build some of the most beautiful handcrafted coops for small areas as well as the farm. They are so easy to put together. It took us less than an hour, and they're shipped right to your door. Stop by ranch-coop.com. Wonderful people to deal with. Beautiful coops that you can use for backyard and homestead fowl. ranch-coop.com.
0: Your preparation station is on the air.
1: Welcome back. After our break, I am here with my friend Jason Hunt from Camp Craft. Um, And not only am I honored that he's our guest, I'm honored that he's a writer for Prepare Magazine and that we are on a kind of sojourners on a similar journey, helping to prepare other people in an encouraging manner. Um, not only does he walk the talk, but he's also answered the call. And I believe there is a preparedness call that's going out there. It's gone out there for years. And those of us who have answered it, um, the responsibility, I should say, does tend to fall on us to pass it along to other people, to encourage as many people to be prepared as possible. Because obviously the more of us that are equipped, even just slightly more than the general populace, the better off we can be as there's an upheaval. And there is prophesied to be an upheaval. There is, historically, you can see the patterns of things coming. So I'm not saying that to scare anybody, honestly, because it doesn't really, it's not supposed to scare us. We're supposed to just be prepared for it. And that's what Jason does. Um, and I wanted to talk about the Guide School because I know this is something, you know, the hands-on, real people, real life, this is something that's very near and dear to your heart. So you talked about the progression. Can you kind of give us an idea of what is coming up at the Guide School?
2: Certainly. Well, as you know, I've had over 15 years of higher Christian education under my belt, and I was operating uh, Frontier Christian University for all that time. And... Earlier it's been on my heart for a number of years honestly, uh, to it was time to step down and move on from that school, but of course allowing God to kinda move all the pieces together so I would be able to do that was was a challenge because you it's nothing that you just close shop on or anything like that once you have all your recognitions etc in place. And uh God put it on the heart of another president of another school, uh, actually local to me. And uh, he and I had a relationship for years, but he was looking to kind of partner up to do something different. Well, that enabled us to basically merge with that, to go on and pursue this other venture. So in the midst of all that transition, I began working uh, with the state of Kentucky on implementing a new vocational program for the outdoors. And it is a 30-day, fully immersive, training course, people would come here and actually live on-site at our campus for the entire 30 days, and every day from 9 to 5, they're going to be in class. So it's eight hours a day, every single day, and they're going to have homework at night, and it's basically covering every aspect of survival and preparedness within a certain scope uh, that we can offer them. And it's mm-hmm. we're we're literally jam packed with skills and information. And when you
1: you say class, you're not talking about just classroom class. You're talking about down and no. dirty get
3: yeah. get in there
2: class. <laughs> yeah, we're in the field and we're doing the stuff real time. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of lecture, but mm-hmm. the majority, it's probably I would honestly say 60 to 70 percent experiential. So it's all mainly hands on. Uh, We're going to spend a lot of time in the field and a lot of time learning how to teach these skills to other people because that is the purpose of this program. And we have two different levels. We have a Wilderness Skills and Education Certificate, and we have a Wilderness Skills and Education Diploma, which includes a leadership development program. Mm -hmm. And the certificate is really for those that are interested in getting the skills uh, as quickly as they can within that 30-day period because they feel that, one, they need to teach and pass this information on to other people. Two, maybe they want to start their own class or club or work at their local church uh, as an outreach ministry or something like that, and it really just gives them the information they need to share skills with other people, Uh, whereas the diploma, I'm sorry, the skills course is about 160 hours, so that's Mm -hmm. what you're going to be is 160 hours of training, whereas the diploma is a 200-hour program on top of the 160 hours that you have to complete as a prerequisite for the diploma. Mm. And then we're really getting into the more advanced topics of self-reliance, preparedness, etc., uh things as far as making bows and how to hunt and harvest larger game and uh, wilderness first responder level field medicine uh things of that nature. Um, much more in depth, much more detailed and it's a two hundred hour program so, you know, you have another week's worth of training that you're kind of forcing down into uh the thirty day program. So you can plan on fifty to sixty hours a week of hands on study within that course. And with we of course have expert instructors. I'm the main instructor obviously because I'm here. Uh but we also have other instructors uh like Jamie Burleigh, who's a lead instructor at the Pathfinder School, and Dave Canterbury, of course, who's mm-hmm. the owner of the Pathfinder School. I work closely with him and other guest instructors. We have a doctor of naturopathic medicine that comes in and a master herbalist that comes in. Uh Tony and Regina Decaro. Regina uh, Regina's also a contributor to Prepare yeah. Magazine. Yeah, she's and, awesome. Yeah, and they uh they both Work very closely with us, and Tony's actually a master blacksmith on top of it. So they come in and lead blacksmithing lessons, and of course, assist greatly in the wilderness medicine and and, uh, homestead medicine courses. It's just uh, really gearing up to be an awesome program. Yeah,
1: it sounds like it. I mean, I've seen, I have, of course, we are we follow each other's stuff on Facebook and stay connected that way and see pictures going out and look at all the cool stuff that you guys are doing. And, you know, from, from groundwork to improvements to the program itself, it stands to reason that no one would leave without having learned something. I mean, good grief, they're going to be well equipped after 160 hours of <laughs> experience yeah. and, and, and such, you know, you, you can spend five hours doing one thing, but could you imagine 160 hours doing so many different things? You will have a broad spectrum of skills by the time you walk out the door.
2: Right. And, and the great thing is they're going to be here with other like-minded people, so yeah. it's going to make it that much better. It's going to be a great atmosphere for fellowship, and um, living here on-site uh, together as a group is going to be great. Uh, we have... A 123-acre campus here, and we have a large outbuilding. It was actually a barn that we've been working on converting for the past few years now. Mm-hmm. And it actually started when we were running the Bible college out here. But now that that's done in, in actually downtown Louisville, um, we've just kind of revamped it again and started all over. And we actually have a gym uh, that I, we're actually putting in this week. It'll have a, a gym with... A big, uh, wrestling mat because self-defense training is actually one of the topics. Yep. Uh, that we cover during all this and, uh, we do do firearms training, of course, archery and all, all of it. And, uh, so we actually have a gym, uh, available in the, in the school. Uh, we have a big open air, uh, kitchen, uh, open air classroom. Then we have a full blacksmith shop and it's all coming together quickly and, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's, it's, It's not a junkie. It's going to be a nice quality outdoor center
1: once we're finished out. That's fantastic. I know that we've had the chance to talk for several years, and this is something that the Lord laid on your heart, obviously, as a vision, a long time ago. um, And it's just exciting to see him bringing it into fruition for you um in his timing which always is i don't know humanly frustrating because we don't quite understand it um but it is that's a very encouraging thing to hear you just kind of seeing it come to c- come to pass and be an equipping of the saints um you know uh, the whole the whole thing sounds like it's working out great that's awesome
2: yeah and it's it's so amazing it just shows you how oblivious we are to the workings of God most of the time because when I was having, I would have dreams and visions of these things uh, over ten years ago, mm-hmm. and I had no interest whatsoever in doing any of this. <laughs> so survival and preparedness was not something I sought after or thought yeah. about doing. It was something that God drew me into. Um, I've seen in the scriptures uh, themes that made sense, and I and I've seen no church teaching on it. Yeah. And when I seen the biblical holidays and how, you know, I knew about it going through Bible college and I knew why uh the traditional church structures said we don't have to do them. But in the scripture, it says plainly that's what we're supposed to be doing instead of traditional holidays. So my family and I made that decision to, hey, let's forget the traditional Christmas and Easter uh, that we're being lied to about. Let's invest in the Bible alone and just suffer the consequences,
3: which is mm-hmm.
2: really what happened. You know, it set off a civil war in the family. Yeah. But we stepped our guns, followed the Scripture, and as we stumbled along learning, of course, once you get into the biblical holidays, most of the material you're going to be able to get your hands on is uh, overtly Jewish in nature,
3: mm-hmm. which is
2: not the best material because they have their own tradition of their elders that they follow, and put in place of what the Bible teaches. So it took a lot of research and development and stumbling along over a period of years. And then it began to lead, okay, well, why is God telling us to do these things? And that brought us, you know, discovering Passover is a bug-out rehearsal. And the Mm -hmm. Feast of Tabernacles is uh, a living in the wilderness rehearsal where you go build your debris hut, more or less, and live mm-hmm. in that for a week. And you do it every year to practice. And that's what uh, the Hebrew word mo'edim means. It means a rehearsal or a practice run for right. something that is yet going to happen. And so we know that during Passover, they celebrated it and it was many years before uh, it happened. Of course, we know the first Passover was done real time. <laughs> so they had to yeah. that night. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we see it, we see that theme recur uh, throughout the Scripture, and so just learning all those things really drew us in, and uh, it's just awesome to see how things you just have no comprehension of, He brings to pass, and we're seeing things happen that, you know, we wrote down and dreamt about, you know, over a decade ago.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it, it's just happening, and you're right, it is in God's timing, but... Over the past several years, you know, I've, I've had to learn to slow down because I am not able to keep up with what he wants to have done Mm -hmm. a lot of times. It's usually the opposite. We think we're going faster than God. But once you realize that no, you can't literally do enough to keep up with God because he sees the whole picture, we're only seeing a little bitty tidbit. We
1: have a finite, finite timeline of a vision and his vision has no timeline. I mean, it's so vast. It hasn't got one. So, of course, it's it's a misperception from our part. Exactly. Yeah. And that so, is just so cool to hear.
2: And yeah, and finding myself, and once I got that really ingrained in my spirit, you know, I was able to, you know, it's not uncommon for me to work 20 hours a day. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll sleep and take cat naps, and I'll do that for weeks at a time, And But I see the fruit. And it's not that I'm waking up lethargic or struggling or anything. It's just God will drop something in my spirit, and I'm going as fast as I can go and doing all these different things. And I'm waking up refreshed, rejuvenated, and raring to go some more because I know it's in line with God's purpose for these times we're in, and for me Mm -hmm. specifically. And so it's exciting.
1: That is a, that
2: is very exciting. I
1: love hearing how these are coming to pass because we we did talk so many so many years ago, and it was just kind of the certain small doors were opening, and you were praying about which direction to take certain things. and And I know, you know, waiting upon the Lord sounds like it's a, a stall, but it's actually just throwing everything on Him to go at His face. and that's actually really hard. And it's it's good to see that um, in our time that he is following through on his promises. I mean, he always does, but to actually be able to to be cognizant of it is is actually I think that's actually the miracle. He's going to follow through no matter what. The miracle is right. that we recognize it. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. Exactly. <laughs> the, you know, the, the V8 commercial where you smack yourself in the head and go, wow, I actually see this. That's the miracle part. Um, you know, because he's still going to be faithful, even when we're stupid. So, you know, um, of course, obviously people are listening to this, realizing we share a, a common, um, our families share very common things. And we are very shy about talking about what we feel spiritually is involved in why preparedness is important. So it's not like a real big, um, <laughs> it's not in, in the magazine that people read. There are devotions. It's not a shocker. We do this on purpose because that's part of the mission. Um, it's not something I've ever shied away from on the radio show either. And I think it's it's nice to have um, a brother in Messiah to be able to, to do this with and talk about. Not that other people don't have great little tidbits that we can glean from, but there is an undercurrent of why Jason's family and our family do things a certain way, and it is through our faith. Um, so I do want to come back in just a second after another quick break, because we've, we have alluded to the, the basis of why we feel called to do this. You feel called to do this, but you actually wrote a book about it, End Time Christian which um, we have had a review of it in the, in the magazine, but it's cool to get to talk to the author and hear the ins and outs of how everything kind of came together and what's kind of in the pages that you have to read between the lines. If you hold on just for a second, we're going to take another quick break, and I'm going to be back with Jason, and we're going to talk about your book, Jason, and his book as well. So,
4: Here's how you can save $10 on the mill of your choice. Go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store and use the promo code radio at checkout that's r-a-d-i-o at checkout or you can call 828-536-4988 during weekday business hours and get the same savings by phone either way your order is shipped to your door without shipping charges remember you can go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store or call 828 536 4988 and use the promo code radio.
5: National Geographic traveled all the way to Boone, North Carolina, to select Turtle Island Preserve, a nonprofit outdoor discovery center and Appalachian Heritage Farm, as one of the 100 most enriching destinations in North America. For over 26 years, families have gained enrichment while discovering nature. And more importantly themselves. In a world where digital screens and push buttons have replaced actual contact with nature, Turtle Island's beautiful campus and knowledgeable staff reconnect its guests to their natural roots. While camping out, visitors learn vast amounts in our non-electric, wood-fired community. Hundreds of hands-on classes are offered, such as beekeeping, woodworking, primitive skills and more, covering the gamut of early traditional living. A program for fathers and sons kicks off the summer season, followed by a five-day workshop for adults with renowned naturalist and director Eustace Conway. Turtle Island is a great destination for scouts, school field trips, homeschool, and special interest groups. Please visit our website and then visit our paradise, turtleislandpreserve.org, or call 828-265-2267.
0: Your preparation station is on the air. All
1: right, thank you for staying through for the last little bit here. We um, promise no more commercial interruptions. <laughs> we are going to tie up some things here, and I'm not going to be apologetic of it. I will just give you a warning. I always say this um, when we have our classes and stuff, I begin with prayer. It's not an apology. It's a warning. We're going to pray. Um... Even those who do not agree or believe as we do, they're welcome and love having a, a great group, but we also won't back down from what we're called to do this, so we begin with prayer, and I know I'm, I'm giving every listener a warning at this point. You know, you're going to hear some things that you may may not have been prepared to hear, but they may be exactly what you need to hear, because I know... uh when I've read Jason's book and when we've talked directly, we track on some things that may not be real mainstream in, um, I will use the word churchianity and Um, and so I don't want to, I don't want to shock anybody, but we're not also not going to be apologetic. Just going to give you a little bit of a heads up. It's coming. So if you want to kind of hold on to this ride, this will be an interesting last bit of the show. Uh, and no commercial interruptions for this one. whatsoever. Um, this your book is obviously based on what's coming down the pike from prophetic as well as a historical view like you just, you alluded to before of some of the, not some, but almost every single one of the feast days and celebrations and observations in scripture point towards preparing for Messiah's return.
2: Well basically, what the book is about is really connecting the dots between the Bible survival and preparedness and being able to do that in a positive and an uplifting way, while at the same time giving full credit to the scripture. And what we have to understand is that God gave a clearing call as much as 20 years ago or so, where everybody heard the call, but they all interpreted the call in different ways. So that's why we see the rush in Hollywood movies devoted to disasters and uh, all these different things. Um, You know, even the saved and the unsaved heard this call, but not everybody knows what to do with the information. And that's why we have people like you and I, Donna, we don't question as to what we're preparing for, we don't care if it's a financial collapse or a, you know, a, a meteor or whatever
3: <laughs>
2: random scenario you throw out there. It, it's irrelevant to us. We prepare because, well, God led us to do it, and the Bible says so. It's not mm-hmm. cut dry and simple. But for everybody else that does not have uh, Jesus Christ in their lives, they have no understanding of that call or the clarity uh, that comes through knowing Christ. You know, God's not the author of confusion, but a power of love and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And The sound mind is what we have. We understand. So we're at peace with it, and so we prepare diligently in response to what we know. Uh, everybody else, without that same peace that comes from God, uh, through Christ, is left out in the cold, more or less, and they're running around like chickens with their head cut off, and they're... Pointing fingers at every little thing they see the government do, um, or any random training exercise that occurs, or any random weather event that happens, it's a it's a new thing. And of course, the media and those that don't know any better, they play up on that hype, and it Mm -hmm. causes consistent fear. And that's not what it's about. So God doesn't want us to be fearful. Uh, He says, "Perfect love casts out fear." So, if you have perfect love toward Him, or matured love, you're mature in your walk with God. You're not going to be fearful, um, regardless of the circumstance thrown at you. So, that's really what the book is about: is trying to get people to understand that, hey, God does have a plan for your preparedness and your survival. And honestly, you're not going to hear about that in any church. I was a pastor. 10 years, and I traveled around uh, most of the country, the eastern half of the United States, and uh, over a period of just a few years, um, I visited over 52 churches, and just within that few-year period, and I was a speaker there, and I was kicked out of 50 of those 52 churches, (laughs) and some of them even fired their pastor for hosting me, and it wasn't that I was saying something revolutionary. I was just talking very simple Bible stuff. I mean, this is milk, is what I was offering. And um, just being instructing, if God says to do this, and you're not doing this, well, this verse, an entire chapter here, says that you're a liar. So, you know, people that don't (laughs) tell the truth or say anything, we call them people liars, so where does that put you, you know, in need of repentance? And now, these are church folks and elders and everybody else that, uh, you know, people need a reality check, and, you know, I'm a firm believer in you cannot go to something you're called to be, and people are called to be the church. It says we're made of living stones, and it's... We're all together the body of Christ. It's not the little building we meet at down the street. That's not a church. That's a little box for yeah. the church to meet in. And then we appoint these uh, self-appointed overseers, and a lot of times uh, that are hired, uh, you know, paid speakers. Mm-hmm. And that's not a biblical concept of ministry. It never has been and never will be, despite what you're going to see and hear from the mainstream. Right. so um uh, we gotta we gotta have a paradigm shift in how church is done, and so uh after you know the Lord opened some doors and told us that we were gonna go plant a church, this is back in two thousand and ten or two thousand nine and then I got out of it January two thousand ten and um you know it was about reaching out to people outside that paradigm and Everything came together. It was a great move of God, and a lot of miracles uh, and signs took place, honestly, during during the time. But even after it was God-ordained and established, man, uh, by man I mean uh, not only me, I'm sure I made mistakes along the path, but other people that were mm-hmm. joined in as leadership started clawing and fighting for control. And um, after that happened, I was pretty much fed up with it. You know, and I decided that enough's enough. I'm not playing the traditional church game anymore, and um, I'm not going to support it either. I know that there are, and here's the thing, you know, here's another reality check. Everybody says, you know, if you correct somebody, as the scripture says to do, or uh, you jar their theology, they... They'll always say, well, my church doesn't do that. Well, I celebrate Christmas, but it means this to me. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter what it means to you or how you do it. You're still doing it wrong. If you're doing it at all, it's wrong. It's that simple. The Bible says it is. So it's, there's no justification for being disobedient to God's plain word. And it's that cut and dry. Um, we just have to get on get in line or get out of the way. That's become my new favorite saying, John the Baptist, you know, make a straight path for the Lord to travel. And today, we would basically say, you get in line or you get out of his way. Because that's what it boils down to. Yeah. And and really, that's that's what the book is really a lot about. It's shifting that paradigm from a fear-based, we don't know what's happening to, hey, here is historically what happened in the Bible. Here is why we're supposed to be doing it today, and mm-hmm. here's how we do it and we cover basic skills to kind of lead them in an introductory pathway to getting prepared in some small way
1: it's a it is a it is a revelation for lack of a better word, and that actually is probably the most appropriate word for a lot of people to see these things that have kind of been hidden due to um, tradition or churchianity, Christianity um, you know that that are that have been scripture from from the foundation of the first word spoken let there be light I mean you know from that foundation on God has had those things there and it's just been um, it's been difficult because of whether it's organizationally or traditionally or historically because of the comfort zone of how things should be set up because that's how they were set up by a previous uh denomination or a previous building or a previous pastor or a previous habit. Um, and, and it's difficult to tear all that away and go, let's just take it to the real word because um, you're left at that point walking out your own salvation. In fear and trembling, there is no scapegoat to say, well, the pastor said this is fine.
2: Right. You're stuck. I mean, <laughs>
1: it's pretty much how you stand before the Lord when it's all done.
2: Right. And that's the big thing we have to come to understand is that it, it is not uh what one man says or what one denomination teaches over any other. It's what God has laid on our hearts. And, you know, as one that came through. I spent 13 years going to Bible college. Um, that's a lot of time to learn what not to do, to be quite honest. So after spending 13 years in college, I just learned a lot about what not to say and what not to do when God actually called me to start saying and doing stuff. Um, and that was what was diametrically different from uh, Frontier Christian University was that we, what God had called me out of as far as the traditional schooling and the traditional church and everything, uh, I would impart to our students showing that, you know, just because this denomination says that this is to be done this way does not make it true or even good or correct. It's just the way that whoever found that denomination or whatever group decided that that's the way they wanted to do things, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And it's really that simple. That's all denominations. One guy I've got fed up with the way things were, and so he decided this is the way it's going to be. He developed a group, and that group enforced the rules. And doesn't mean it's godly. uh doesn't mean it's correct biblically. But, right. you know, again, we can find uh, good, serious Christians within every group. Um, and that, and that's the thing. You just have to, you know, we'll know them by their fruit. It's that simple. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they're willing to die for God, for Jesus, as, you know, says that many of us will do, um, then, you know, you can rest assured that, well, okay, maybe their faith was a little stronger than you give them credit for. I mean, we, and that's a big thing that we look at today uh, in America, is that Christians are just waiting to be caught away and raptured away and not have to deal with any type of persecution or hardship. When we look at our fellow Christians in other countries that are being killed and slaughtered daily, uh, or at least hunted down and rounded up and jailed for their beliefs yeah. all over the world, um, is that not tribulation? Is that not persecution? And where's their rapture? Where's their catching away? You know, it had not happened yet, right? And there's right. all sorts of arguments and things, and what people don't get is that You know, rapture theology is a relatively new theology. You know, 1800s is is a new theology. And um, it's not based on Scripture. It's based on the interpretation of man. And the Bible calls that vain. It says don't get into vain theology. So when you're starting to make up stories just because you don't understand or can't put your finger on something or refuse to look at the plain teaching of Scripture, well, you're just wasting a lot of time. And I yeah. think that that's what's happening is is the church uh, in America specifically, and we're the biggest evangelistic nation out there, we have been for the last hundred years, um, when we're pushing out all this bad information and bad teaching, you know, it really boils down, it's on our shoulders to change it. Uh, we're the ones that have to show the way and get back and instead of watering everything down with this escapist mentality and raping the church at large of its preparedness mandate, we need to really get back and show, hey, here's how we connect the dots. Here's here's what it means. Here's what it always meant. And uh, you know, we want to help
3: you mm-hmm.
2: get prepared. And yeah. you know, I can't I can't stress that enough. Uh, I know people can't say they can't afford to be prepared. If they could take five bucks a week and invest that in five cans of beans and bullets and Band-Aids, um, that's a start.
1: Yeah. And if they and well, do that
2: every week a month. Yeah. You,
1: nobody I know in real life can walk in, buy everything they need, walk out, and know you are quote unquote prepared. You're going to have holes. You're going to miss it. It is a pre- it is a preparedness journey. It is something you kind of you build, you look, and you practice. And you find your holes, and then you fill those gaps. And then you it's it's like walking out your life of faith. It's not just a you know fire insurance. Oh yeah, I'm done. You know it's not the same thing, um, even in preparedness. So. You know, you 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 mentioned the the rapture, and you know I don't remember how I've been taught what I've been taught from way back when. It kind of all muddles together. I went to so many denominations growing up; it was crazy. So I mean, we we denom It was awesome. So I had a great exposure of like a billion different things, and was able to then be able to say, okay, what does actually scripture say now? I I have a, you know, I have a deep belief that we are going to go through some serious mess, and I feel like it's the wheat from the chaff moments. But I have this pantheistic, not post, not pre, not, you know, not post-trib, not uh, pan-trib. It's going to pan out in the end because we're not in control of any of it anyway. And it doesn't matter if it's after the tribulation, the middle of the tribulation, or even before it, which I highly doubt, uh, unless there's way worse than we can stand. And then I think, you know, that's that's up to his decision, he all wise and knowing but you know what? it's gonna pan out he's in charge it doesn't it's not worth the argument but it's definitely not um, prudent to think that he wouldn't even spare his own chosen people why would he why would he do that for the next the next set of believers I mean I just I don't see it so I mean I just sheer sheer pattern of how the Lord tends to work even though he's he can do what he wants I just don't see it, but that's just me um, and I may have just made about a of bazillion enemies right then, but it doesn't matter. I can still you still we're still called to love anyway, and in the end in the end that's that's gonna be what matters because he's gonna have the final say, so I can be wrong, I'll be wrong right, all day long and do it all the time,
2: <laughs> but well, I mean we can look simply at the at Jesus's illustration of separating wheat from the chaff, yep. You know, uh, it said the thresher would put the wheat, and they would separate that wheat from those hardened heads. And how did they do that? It was with a special tool called a tribulum. That's where we get the word tribulation.
3: Mm-hmm. It was
2: a flat board with studs of stone or metal, bronze, uh, nailed into the bottom. And they would sit this on top of all the wheat, and they'd walk back and forth over it, rocking it back and forth and crushing it down and then the winner were would stick his fork in it, throw it up into the air, and the wind would separate it. So yeah. if we use that simple illustration alone, and there are many others, <laughs> yeah. if we use that illustration alone, it says that if we know that Christians or believers are the weak, and there are those among us <laughs> that must be separated. Mm-hmm. So we must first be trampled upon by a tribulum, to for this separation to occur, and then the winter work will stick his fork in, throw it to the air, and the wind or the spirit can separate the good from the bad. But where does the wheat fall? It doesn't fly away. It falls right back down to the ground, and it's the chaff that's blown away, scooped up, thrown into the fire.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Important because you're not flying off to heaven. God created the earth for us, right? This place is ours. And that's the that's the mentality that we got to get away from is flying off the you know the pearly gates up in you know the spaceship or whatever people <laughs> you know referring to it as <laughs> out nowadays, out. you never know what you're going to get an answer about <laughs> but um, you know the earth is is ours and we're we're inheriting the earth and uh, it'll God will rule here and the kingdom will be established here and so we have to. We have to get that wrapped around our head, or our head wrapped around that.
1: Yeah, I I think that's an awesome, actually, an awesome note to end this entire (laughs) this entire time on because that is the ultimate of all preparedness—to know the King in whom you will serve for eternity—and that is that is our our family's, yours, ultimate. Preparedness plan. I mean, we're gonna miss things. We're gonna have gaps here on this earth. We're gonna we're gonna have things fall through. Uh, we're gonna make mistakes. It's kind of what redemption's all about in the first place—from from sinful mistakes to just uh, I'm stupid mistakes. Um, but there is an ultimate preparedness plan that we all have to face at one point. And um, I know Jason would love nothing more than to help lead you through that and answer those questions. So please be free to contact him um, or us at Prepare Magazine. That's fine. Uh, either one that you feel the most comfortable with and or both shoot. Well, type team. And, you know, that is the ultimate end all for everything that he's doing here, everything that we're doing. Um, you know, all the other stuff is dressing. And the skills, the, the planning, the encouragement and the, even the community and the fellowship is still just practice for the ultimate preparedness plan of, of meeting the creator face to face and knowing knowing how you're able to be there. And it's not through arrogance or pride or even church membership. It's through the blood of Messiah. That's it. Um, I don't know if I made make that much clearer on the end note. <laughs> Well, Jason, it's always fun to visit with you. I want to reiterate verbally um, at had Church <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the the kind of the way people can connect with you, um, and to go sign up and watch things on on Campcraft TV. Um, they they just want need to register and set up a payment. Is that a dollar fifty a month?
2: It's a dollar fifty a month, and there's a two week free trial, so they can try it out for a couple weeks and see if it's something they're interested in.
1: Oh, way cool! That part's even better because that way it's it's kind of like is this? <laughs> I'm gonna say it's gonna be worth way more than a dollar fifty. But you know, if anybody's questioning, yeah, it's worth a dollar fifty. You probably couldn't go to a local class and get what you're gonna get on Campcraft TV uh, for free or for a dollar fifty a month. So um, wow. I'll be able to scoot over there and check that out. Um, and you can kind of put some. Uh, connections with this show that you've listened to, and also, of course, please visit his website at campcraft.us and pick up your free subscription to Prepare Magazine. You can read some of the more great things that Jason turns in. Links below connect to his book. I mean, I this is someone that I hope you will connect with for just a myriad of reasons, from from the skills he can help to impart to you, as well as the peace that he's been given for what the end all of the journey is about. So. Jason, thank you so much for spending some time with me today.
2: Thanks for having me again, Donna. I appreciate
1: it. It's always fun. I enjoy it. Well, God bless you, and we will be in touch again real soon. For now, this is Donna Miller signing off, and I hope you'll tune in to a new episode of Your Appropriation Station and all the other new shows here on, on Your Preparation Station. Myriads of others coming. For now, we're just going to sign off, and we will talk to you again next week. God bless you, and see you
0: then. Bye. This has been another episode of Your Preparation Station with Donna Miller. We would love to hear from you. Please connect with us at yourpreparationstation.com and on Facebook. Tune in again next time for another encouraging episode. Until then, keep growing and finding joy in the journey.